Welcome to Ulcerative Colitis Autoimmune Healing Journey. I am your journey guide, Jay India, and I'm so happy you are here because this is a supportive, positive environment where we can heal together. This is episode 25, Ingredients to Avoid with Ulcerative Colitis and Autoimmune. Please note, I am not a doctor or health professional in any way. If you would like to attempt something mentioned in this episode, please consult your doctor first. First of all, my body is a litmus test. My friends think I'm crazy or exaggerating until they see how my body reacts to chemicals and processed ingredients in real time. In fact, last Friday, I went to this high-end tea bar with my friend. I love it. I, I go there, I wouldn't say a lot, but I go there once in a while. I drank a tea that had natural flavors, and I'm putting that in air quotes, natural flavors, and I always avoid anything with natural flavors because according to the New York Times, the loophole, as it were, is that for non-organic foods, the regulations do not restrict the dozens of other ingredients like preservatives and solvents that can go into a so-called natural flavor. Ultimately, because of the wide variety of ingredients that typically go into natural flavorings, there does not seem to be much of a difference between natural and artificial flavors, said David Andrews, a scientist at the Environmental Working Group, a research and advocacy organization. Be careful, you guys. I was drinking a tea that was goji berry tea, and of course you think, oh, that's really healthy. Well, you have to flip it over and look at the ingredients and everything looked good except for those natural flavors. And I made a mistake. I said, okay, maybe it's not that bad. It's the last ingredient. And I made that mistake (laughs) and I paid for it dearly. When I drank the tea, my sinuses and eye area began to swell as did my tongue. I was having trouble talking and focusing on my words. My friend said that my left eye began to look higher than my right eye. It took me an hour to feel somewhat better and then hours for these natural flavors to leave my system. And I'm sure they've left my system. It's been days, but not 100%. So this cannot be good for autoimmune disease. When we have autoimmune disease, we're sensitive souls in regard to eating and drinking. We really are. And I'll be honest with you guys, it sucks. I mean, I would love to have a milkshake every day and McDonald's fries and the whole thing, but I can't. And even going down to a more basic level of just having a tea at a high-end tea bar where natural flavors is the last ingredient, I can't even do that. So I really feel in my personal opinion, this is why we have so much autoimmune in this country is because we are ingesting all of these chemicals constantly. And if you're sensitive and you don't know it, and a lot of people don't realize it because they're just ingesting it constantly and they always feel bad. So they're just used to always feeling bad. And then when you clear all that crap out of your system, you really feel it. (laughs) And that's the unfortunate thing is you really feel it. Thus, I avoid natural flavors at all costs and natural flavors are number one on this list. Number two, now I say this all the time on this podcast, I sound like a broken record. I avoid all, I mean all processed and industrial seed oils. These oils are corn, canola, rapeseed, which is a form of canola oil, which is the most horrible name I've ever heard for a seed. 
soybean, cottonseed, sunflower, and safflower. When I consume these oils, even just a small amount, I am sick for days to, it could be up to two weeks. And that's why I avoid them. These oils are found in everything, which makes it tough. And, and I'm talking about the US here. I just listened to a podcast where a woman had been in Canada for five months and she lost weight and she needed to lose weight. She wasn't like us. And she said, I didn't change my diet. It's just they don't use all the fucking chemicals that we have here in the US. That's why. So I thought that was interesting. My Canadian listeners may disagree with me. And if you do, please DM me to disagree. So these oils are found in all types of snacks, including pretzels, gummy vitamins, frozen foods, bagels, baked goods, ice cream. And the worst part is restaurants cook in corn and canola oils. In my area, the New York area, I only know of two. And I'm talking about the city as well. I only know of two restaurants that do not cook in processed oils. So this makes eating out nearly impossible, and I rarely do it. At this point, it's just not even worth it. Rockstar functional medicine doctor Chris Kresser, who wrote How Industrial Seed Oils Are Making Us Sick, discusses how these oils are processed. Here are the steps. Step one, first, the seeds are gathered from the soy, corn, cotton, safflower, and rapeseed plants. Number two, next, the seeds are heated to extremely high temperatures. This causes the unsaturated fatty acids in the seeds to oxidize, creating byproducts that are harmful to human and animal health. Number three, the seeds are then processed with a petroleum-based solvent, such as hexane, to maximize the amount of oil extracted from them. Number four, next, industrial seed oil manufacturers use chemicals to deodorize the oils, which have a very off-putting smell once extracted. The deodorization process produces trans fats, which are well known to be quite harmful to human health. Number five, finally, more chemicals are added to improve the color of the industrial seed oils. And that's what we're consuming. It's, it's horrifying, right? So Chris Kresser also says, this is another thing he talks about, Six reasons industrial seed oils are terrible for your health. Number one, the consumption of industrial seed oils represents an evolutionary mismatch. Number two, eating industrial seed oils raise our omega-6 to omega-3 fatty acid ratios with significant consequences for our health. Number three, they are unstable and oxidize easily. Number four, they contain harmful additives. Number five, they're derived from genetically modified crops. Number six, when industrial seed oils are repeatedly heated, even more toxic byproducts are created. So if that's not enough <laughs> for anyone to quit these processed oils, here's what he says about autoimmune disease. Industrial seed oils increase oxidative stress, and chronic inflammation. And what I want you guys to do is, it's a great article. Again, it's how industrial seed oils are making us sick. I'm going to link it to the show notes and I want you to read about it in depth because there he talks about autoimmune and IBD much more in depth. Number three, other ingredients I don't fuck with are, here we go, Alkali, calcium carbonate, cellulose, corn syrup, guar gum, 
lactic acid, locust bean, potato and tapioca starch, sodium dioxide, sodium phosphate, and zeaxanthin gum. The other big ones are soy and sunflower liacin, which they are now putting even in the healthiest dark chocolate brands. This is such a shame. And the biggest one is carrageenan, which is known to cause UC in primates. And obviously humans are the closest to primates. So think about that. Number four, anything I can't pronounce, I don't eat. It's that simple. If it has one of those crazy long chemical names, it's not going in my body. I just want to say really quickly before we go on to number five, I do sometimes eat citric acid. I don't know how I feel about citric acid. I mean, some people may say it's harmful. Some people may say it's not. When I have citric acid, I'll only have it in a food that's labeled organic. That's it. Again, I don't eat citric acid a lot. It's very rare where it's that added ingredient and I eat it, but I do consume it every once in a while. Again, only in an organic product. Number five, this is obvious, but just in case I stay away from trans fats, greasy foods, and high fructose corn syrup, and oleic acid. That shit is so nasty. I don't know. See, I don't know if some of you remember, but for my younger listeners, this was a big thing in the 1980s. So what happened was they started putting something called Olestra in food and they put it into all these snacks and especially potato chips. So everyone was eating potato chips with this oleic acid. It, I know, I, I still am like, why would, you, <laughs> why would we do that? That's crazy because in the 80s, people had no idea about the chemicals. We won't even go into that. But they were putting this in the food and then all of a sudden everyone started shitting their brains out. Why did they put it in the food? Because they were telling people that you would lose weight. Yeah, you're going to lose weight if you are if you have diarrhea 24-7. That makes sense. And you're killing your colon. So <laughs> yeah, you're going to produce, uh, create ulcerative colitis and Crohn's and all that. So that is just so beyond disgusting to me. I can't even believe that oleic acid is still approved by the FDA, but I shouldn't say that because many other things are still approved by the FDA, so I won't even go there. Number six, this may surprise many, but I will not eat food with coconut or avocado oils. For example, when I've tried snacks with these oils, I have the same reaction as I do to the industrial seed oils. I believe that it's the processing in both coconut and avocado oils when they're added into snacks that make them dangerous. So I feel like my body is just, it's not, for example, allergic to coconut oil. If I eat it in its most basic form, if I cook with it, I'm fine. I have avocados all the time. I'm fine. It's the processing. It's the chemicals that that's what I feel that my body cannot handle. And again, I think most of us cannot handle it. And this is why we have so much autoimmunity. We were not meant to have all this processing and all of these chemicals in our food and then constantly ingested into our bodies. I understand, okay, let's say for someone's birthday, especially a children's birthday where, you know, you have the birthday party at McDonald's once a year and you eat that and, you know, it is what it is. Like that I, I get. But I don't understand the constant consumption of it now in everything, everything you bring home. When I came home today and I knew I wanted to record, 
I said, oh my gosh, I have to remember that box of mac and cheese that I can no longer eat and it's labeled organic and grass fed and all the bullshit they want to put on it, non-GMO, whatever. And let me tell you, there's some real shit ingredients in it. So you just have to be careful and read everything and understand that if you're listening to this and you have UC and you have Crohn's and you and we all have autoimmune, you have to think about how your body on the inside is reacting to that. For me personally, I don't think it's a coincidence that I've healed my colon 90% in 13 months because I took all this shit out. I don't think it's a coincidence. You tell me. You know, I, I really don't. So... All right, preach, get off my soapbox. But you know what? I just want to say this, okay? (laughs) And I'll get off my soapbox. I understand if you want to eat what you want to eat. And I understand if, you know, you're someone listening to this and you're like, I will never touch gluten. I will never touch dairy. I will never touch X, Y, and Z. I understand that 100%. But as humans, I don't think we've ever been meant to eat chemicals. I can't find a good case for that. No one has given me a good case for, yes, eat this chemical and it's really good for your body. It's not. It's not good for anyone. So while someone may be consuming the meat and the gluten and the dairy, and I get that while others don't, that's your personal choice versus chemicals. I don't, I don't see where that's good in any human body. So please disagree with me, DM me, email me, disagree with me, but that's my uh, two cents on that. Okay. Number seven, I have a terrible reaction to combined gluten-free flours and many gluten-free flours. Combined, I mean you have these mixes where they have cassava flour or however you say cassava flour and uh, brown rice and white rice flour and almond flour and they put it all in one mix. I have the worst reaction to it. My personal opinion is that they are very sticky and they stick to the intestines, especially if consumed in mass quantities. It causes a UC flare reaction in me. It's not good. I don't like rice flours because they spike my blood sugar, so I avoid them as well. But I do eat almond flour. I don't eat it a lot, but I do eat it. Number eight, these aren't ingredients per se, but because of UC, I just want everyone to know I do not drink coffee, including decaf coffee, because decaf coffee, you guys, whenever they label something decaf, coffee, tea, there's still a little bit of caffeine in it, and it acts like a laxative, so I avoid it, and it also gives me a headache. Regular tea, I avoid like the plague. I had this incident happen years ago. I mean, we're talking probably 20 years ago at this point where I went on a kick of drinking green tea, thinking, I don't know what I was thinking. I love the taste, by the way, of green tea. And I was drinking it every day, huge thing. I started to get horrendous migraines. Could not figure it out. Was at the point where I was about to go to a neurologist because I thought I had a brain tumor. And then someone said to me, well, you're drinking green tea that has more caffeine than coffee. And I was like, what? I had no idea. Interestingly enough, the green tea did not have a... I can't sleep reaction because with coffee, if, okay, let me, let me explain something to you. If I decide to have a cup of coffee, shot of espresso right now, 10 a.m. in the morning, hell, 7 a.m. in the morning, I will not sleep for two nights. That's what a bad reaction. Again, being sensitive, I, I can't have that. So I'm not saying anything against regular coffee, regular tea. I would love 
to drink regular coffee and tea. I love the smell. I love the taste. So this is again, something I don't do, but you may disagree with that. And that's totally acceptable. I only drink herbal teas. I do not drink alcohol ever. Um, I know this is tough for probably 99% of my listeners, <laughs> or maybe not 99%, but a good, you know, good percentage of you. I get that. I understand alcohol is very social. It's very cultural. I understand that people want to relax with a glass of wine at the end of a hard day. Trust me, I love Merlot. I love a good cab. I love the whole thing. But for me, the benefits of not drinking it outweigh other things. So if I have a glass of wine now, then I'm going to be hungover for two days. It sits in my stomach. It's just, I would say it has this weird reaction, not my stomach. It sits more in my liver. It's just, it's not good. So I just avoid it. And also, if you didn't know this, I have a feeling most of you know this, but for the newbies, I just want everyone to know that carbonated beverages are absolute death for UC and Crohn's. If you are drinking a large amount of carbonated beverages, I don't know how to say this nicely, they need to go. You need to take them out. You need to say goodbye. You need to do a cord cutting ceremony. I don't care what you do, but (laughs) they need to go. They completely aggravate the ulcers in our colon. If you have Crohn's, they're completely aggravating the digestive tract. When I was going into my life-threatening flare last year, I was actually drinking those yummy... I don't know if you guys ever had them, but Spindrift Lemon and they have lime seltzers. Oh my God, they're so good. But they definitely contributed to the flair. I know that for a fact now. Do yourself a favor, research carbonated drinks in UC and you will see the damaging effects they have on our colon. I wish it was not true. I really do. I mean, who doesn't love, uh, my, my husband does it sometimes, he'll bring home Coke in a glass bottle and then he'll pour it over ice on a hot day and I wish but you know it's it's just not worth it for me again number nine I try my best and you guys know this I've talked about it so much refined sugar this is my absolute challenge in life I'm still working on it on the daily I'm not someone who substitutes with agave maple syrup because for me If I get that sweet taste of honey or whatever, it just sets off me on a whole spiral, downward spiral, where I just want to put all sugar into my mouth. It's not good. I'm basically addicted to it. So I work on this all the time. For those of you who want to hear an interesting episode and you are more along the metaphysical lines, because I'm a big metaphysical person, definitely tune in to my podcast this week, Two Inches Off the Ground. The episode already dropped. I'll put it in the show notes, actually. I'll put the link to the episode in the show notes. The episode is called The Spiritual Habit of Hope. And it's how I learned from this workshop I did at Omega how to break my habit of sugar and what I'm working on now. If anyone's interested, the link will be in the show notes. Number 10, this one makes me so sad. Unfortunately, I cannot do CBD or THC. I've tried both in pure form and combined and in every form you can do it in and it's a disaster. I've tried the most high-end brands. I've done it all and all that happens is I get really high, which yay, that's fun. And these substances bring out my anxiety big time. I was absolutely shocked when this happens because all you hear is, you know, weed and 
marijuana and the whole thing, it relaxes you. I had the absolute opposite reaction. Then I heard on a radio show with a doctor that his wife has the same anxiety-ridden reactions to both CBD and THC, and this does happen with a small portion of the population. However, I know they work very well for those with autoimmune and IBD, especially if you're in pain. So for those of you who are getting so many benefits out of CBD and THC, God bless. I wish I could do it with you, but unfortunately it does not agree with my body and that is a damn shame. So now you guys have my massive list of what I don't eat. (laughs) To find out what I do eat, check out episode 19, my UC diet plan and episode 17, UC diet tips. And both of those episodes have done really well download wise. So definitely check them out. You can always DM me uh, at two inches off the ground on Instagram. You can email me at freespiritpodcasts at gmail.com. Ask me any questions, anything you would like. Uh, I'm, I'm happy to help and And I don't know, I just like meeting people and and hearing what you guys do. So until next time, in my household, when we have that perfect shit where we just, you know, we turn around on the toilet and we say, oh my God, look at what I've done. I'm so proud of myself. It's long, it's formed, there's no blood. It's the perfect brown color. That's what we call a green heart. So I wish all of you a green heart day.